Hi, everybody. It's good old J.R. Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. What you do to me? Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you live from the Ford F-150 Raptor, BF Goodrich, All-Terrain TA, Jim Beam Smooth Drinking Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey, sponsored studios here on the 13th floor on the shores of the nation's largest inland freshwater lake overlooking the beautifully scenic Fox Valley of Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, once again... There's only one, and you're listening to the Bad Medicine Podcast. Why do we have to do that every week if it's the same thing each week? I we just got to change it up. I want to tell a story for the people, and I want to set the mood and, and get well, a picture get in that, their mind. Like, like you should get a new mood each week. Well, we can't move the studio. You going to move a building? It's 13 floors, Andrew. What are you, stupid? <laughs> I've seen bigger <laughs> buildings moved. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I challenge that. It's a great building, guys. It's son of a bitch. I like this building. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool. It was me, Dave. It's kind of cool, right? So we had a, a game plan for today, but... We did. We, <laughs> we did. Had a bit of a hot start. Well, it still could happen. You never know. Sometimes things happen. Yes. Uh, so uh, we are doing what we do best. Audibles. Audibles. A little bit of freestyle. Winging it. A little wing. Little wing so, wing. so Andrew, you had an interesting evening last night. <laughs> oh yeah! What a transfer! What a transition! Trans- he's, he's, Whatever. He's transitioning, Dave. Oh my bad. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, no, no, we were out. Uh, you know, buddy of mine. We went out to dinner last night. We had great food. And uh, what was the scene like at at dinner? Oh, it was, it was real nice. It was just us two at the table. It was at a hibachi. Was that grill. our NFL insider, Sideline D? Maybe. Yeah, well, it is football season, so he does <laughs> and, appear and it, now. Yeah, Sideline D was making an, uh, an appearance. Were you sitting next to each other or across from each other? Oh, since we had all eight seats open, I told him to stay on the one end. I was going on the other. Okay. Okay, just checking. 
But yeah, I had the filet mignon and scallops, you know, with all that Bad Medicine podcast money. Absolutely. So, Double order. Oh, fantastic. And then they came out with this little tea here. It helps with uh, the digestion. I'm like, I don't want that. Damon's like, it's free. It's really good. Have it. So I had it. Beer and a half later, we're at uh, Milf Creek, which is now changing its name to the Bented Keg. For real? Yep. It'll huh. be official uh, Milo Music Weekend. They must want to... Well, I suppose you don't want to sound like you're an old bar, so they must have to uh, change the name up and keep it fresh. And maybe yeah. people think, hey, it's new. I mean, yeah, they put in a garage door so that it can go open. So that oh, way, really? so open so that way you the... can sit inside and sweat at the same time. That's uh, really nice. You can watch the bums walk by and tip <laughs> over. Oh, there's plenty of them. So maybe. I had the, the tea. So then it uh, started yes, making the, us... the tea for digestion in so case it's... any of our listeners got lost. So... So I had to go to the bathroom. So I went in there going number two. Got done, and I was like, okay. What would you say the cleanliness level of the bathroom was? It was actually pretty good. On the answer scale of oh, one to one five, to five answers. Oh, uh, about 4.2 answers. 4.2 answers, ladies and gentlemen. Because the, the thing was is when I was done, went to reach for the toilet paper, and uh, the first spot was empty. So, well, there's two spots in there. Also empty. So I had zero toilet paper after I got done shitting. Right, wait, the, did you use your hand? I'm getting to that, Dave. Why Why play spoiler? I'm really not paying attention hey, right he, now. I got a lot of things going on. You can't on. afford to use that hand anymore. It's going gonna, it's gonna to break wait, off. He, you just my ate hand, food he cooked with. My, my hand is insured. Oh, son of a bitch. I didn't cook anything. Our personal chef here at the studio is dead. He just takes, it oh, I, he never just mind. takes the food to him. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Sorry. You got Bobby Flay back there. Day! So, so what I ended up doing is opening the stall door with my pants still around my ankles and looking out to make sure the coast was clear and shimmied forward a few feet and decided to use the electronic paper towel dispenser. If the door was to open, how many the people would see The door was you? open. No, At I mean Mill the, the Creek, door no, to the bathroom? No, no, the door to the bathroom is open, so anyone would have came up that ramp and turned the corner would have saw me in all my glory. Oh, they should have been so lucky. Could you imagine? Oh. <laughs> Andrew on a shitter. Well, hmm. not on a shitter, just <laughs> trying to waddle with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> my, pants, my pants are on my ankles shimmying to the electronic paper dispenser. So I take one sheet, wave my hand across it. <laughs> Three times? I, suppose. I had to ensure because, you know, you're wiping with... Like that shitty paper towel, how absor- absorbent is it? And I suppose you were probably thinking, I only want to have to do this once. Oh, yeah. So, once, twice, three times, a la- lady? <laughs> lady? A lady? And, uh, yeah, so then uh, came walking out with my head. Not held high. Went up to the bouncer and said, hey, uh, could uh, next time you guys have some, you know, toilet paper in the bathroom for when you open up the bar? <laughs> Because I didn't want to tell the two bartenders because they were both pretty good looking. Well, so that's why I told the bouncer. He immediately went and told the b- bartenders and they immediately looked at me. So I finished my beer and left. Well, that's not your fault. They have those facilities, you know. I don't know what they expect to have happen. And uh, quite honestly, that's on them. But the question that all the Bad Medicine Shh. podcast listeners want to know, did you come out clean? I came out 
90% clean. I came out four and a half answers clean. Four and a half answers clean. That's not bad for you. For a paper towel? Yeah, yeah. paper towel. Was it Kimberly Clark paper towel? No, it's, should that, be it's that like brown paper towel you use in school that absorbs absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, it's like trying to clean with magaz- a magazine page or something. <laughs> it just, yeah, it felt like it's just pushing it to one side and not absorbing anything. So on the cleanliness scale of their bathroom, what would, how many answers would you give it? After told, you were done. Oh, after I was done? <laughs> well, before and after. Whatever. Well, before, was four point, it matter. before was 4.2, but then when he saw the, the spackle I left on the toilet, <laughs> it dropped down to like 3.2 answers. Ooh, 3.2 answers. That's a Ooh. good rating. A three point, you don't hear 3.2s. You no, hear 3.5, 4.3. You don't hear 3.2 answers. How are they going to handle mile of music when they can't even handle it on a regular saturday night to keep their facilities (laughs) properly stocked with the necessary (laughs) materials well that's the thing you go in there too there's one urinal and one toilet Hmm. i guess they think hot bartenders are all they need so maybe we'll roll with that well only a couple thousand people only go down for mile of music so i'm sure they're going to be really ready to go with that they'll they'll have it figured out by Oktoberfest. oh probably when you see the bad medicine podcast booth at Oktoberfest. that's right we'll be bringing down the raptor ladies and gentlemen and we will have a bad medicine podcast coming to you live from Oktoberfest. so college avenue on the we're gonna park the raptor right on the stage before vic ferrari and his fat ass get up there oh dude we should probably talk to the uh, what is it WAPS. That sets that up. That, that's yep. their stage. I yep. believe we'll so. Talk to them and be like, you know, we're bad medicine. Uh, we we're should, a big deal. Although we'd probably have to go there. From my understanding, both Rick and Len are each about six hundred pounds apiece. So <laughs> I'm is, pretty sure we'd Len have to go is there. Is a big man. There used to be this thing called uh, Man Town up in Green Bay. It lasted, I think, two years. So we went there. They had a hairiest back contest. Oh, I remember hearing they about that. They had two Playboy the playmates there signing Wait, autographs. The, the hairiest back contest. Yeah, that was their contest. Hosted, hosted by Rick and Len, and then they brought up the two Playboy. Just disgusting. The two Playboy playmates were the judges. Yuck. Yeah. Ugh. Then they had. I'm a, sure they got a good payday though. They had, they had a lingerie show with Green Bay's best. Uh, Oval Office was there. With imagine their, that doesn't say much. With their B team, there was like. There was like Ladies two and gentlemen. Oh, boy. What Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, cutting me off. Ladies and gentlemen, live on the Bad Medicine Podcast. Believe it or not, Ben McCoy has just called in, folks. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Ben, just so you know, you are live. Yeah. Wow, and, live? And, That's scary. In the middle of a story, <laughs> I get a rake to the eyes. Classic. Uh, Classic. Wait, was, who was talking when I, when I called in? I was. That was Andrew. You have to give him your oh, name, that's, stupid. Then, then it's totally fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You can cut off Andrew all you want. Can you hear us pretty not, good? Not like you were saying anything interesting, Andrew. Let's just call a spade a spade, right? <laughs> Oh, you should have heard the talking, story beforehand. I was just talking about the Oval Office and their B team that they had there that night. <laughs> well, if anybody knows anything about B teams, it's definitely you. <laughs> hey, I'll take that with pride. I'm a, the third member of the B team. Hey, buddy. So uh, thanks for uh, doing the surprise call-in because uh, we won't name names, but there was supposed to be a previous caller, and unfortunately things didn't work out. So. Life happened. Life happens. People get busy. What are you going to yeah. do? But you can always go You, you can, can always, always go to McCoy. You can, you can always, always count, count on. on McCoy and Bad Madison. Well, I like to think I'm a delight, so, you know. You are a delight. Eh, I, so I, what, I try. So what's <laughs> been going on with you, Ben? Yeah, what's what's the latest news? What's happening? 
Oh, it's uh, it's been crazy, man. Uh, we just had Frontline Pro debut in Illinois last week, and uh, we uh, had a really good turnout, and we'll be going back again here before the end of the year. Uh, we just signed a new contract with the Great Lakes uh, Naval Station in uh, North Chicago, so we'll be Sweet. there September 19th doing another show there. And we actually just uh, signed a contract with the casino up in Minneapolis to do a show uh, in 2020. So Frontline Pro will be in three states in 2020. Fantastic. It's been busy. Man, as a, uh, I guess looking at it from a uh, performer's perspective, those casino shows are just fantastic. They are the best because your hotel's right there, your food and drink is right there. The part of the after parties right there. It's like yeah. you don't have to worry about going anywhere. It's just the best. I was a huge it, fan of the casino shows. Well, it's your it's your cup of tea for sure, Quinn. I mean, you know, it's 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 all in, it's all in one. It's all inclusive. You ain't got to go nowhere, like you said. That's that's your that's your bag, man. Oh man, if I could do like wrestling out of Las Vegas, like comedians do comedy, oh, that would just be the ultimate. You know what's next for you, buddy? Is now you have to, even though it's already been kind of done, but you have to take your show. On a cruise, yeah, <laughs> a cruise would be a cruise would be fun. Wouldn't you love if, to get the norovirus? <laughs> uh, but speaking of Vegas, ironically enough, uh, we'll be filming our movie in Las Vegas uh, more than likely next month or the beginning of September. Uh, for still here, we're, we're going to be filming out there with Rob Van Dam, so that'll be fun. Oh, nice! Oh, a little tidbit there. Is there any more kind of tidbits you can give away? Do you want to keep that kind of a surprise? Well, I mean, you know, we have uh, the big super show coming up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin on November 9th featuring Rob Van Dam. Uh, we've added Monday a few night. other names to that show. So uh, it'll be the biggest show I've ever done. Uh, monetarily, it's terrifying, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really good. Dude, yeah, you'll be fine. I wouldn't be terrified if I were you. Well, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you guys want some breaking news? <laughs> I'll give you breaking news. Oh, oh boy. Might, yeah, as well. might as well. Let's hear it. Breaking news, because we we all know that in pro wrestling that there's that there's always drama, right? There's always some company doesn't like some other. Company oh, I like where this is going. Like somebody, you know, you know what I'm saying. There's always a a big thing, and certain places still have this archaic way of thinking where it's like nobody's ever gonna come into our territory, and if they do. That means war, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we've all heard that shit, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's oh. a fairly, you know, it's a fairly big thing. So, uh, yeah, basically, uh, Frontline Pro is expanding. We're excited to expand, but uh, uh, I'm I'm sure that by the end of the year, somebody's going to say I've declared war on them. Are you so. lacing up the boots again, McCoy? And are you getting? Are you getting? No, I don't mean the wrestling boots. Are you putting on the war boots and getting ready to bring it, or what? You can't be giving us a little tease like you that. You want a war? Well, let's just say that that we're looking at expanding our our our, our company uh, uh, prospects to the north. To the north. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, a little uh, John Snow action. I just—he's so, taking on the king God. of the north, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, I wouldn't call him the king of the north, but he has a nice luck shot. So, he's so, lobbing up some softballs. I love it. <laughs> oh man, you know, I tell you what—it just—it never gets old. I—I I love the stories, and this is fantastic because now we can count on like oh, probably six months of material out of this. <laughs> this is gonna be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's funny. Like uh, I, I like recently I've been doing on Facebook Live. I've been doing these wrestling hard truths, and it's I, it's actually kind of hilarious to me that 
Uh, the last couple of shows I've done, I've had fans walk up to me and be like, wow, you're wrestling hard truths. They're so cool. It's so neat. It's literally nothing but me bitching about like bullshit stuff in pro wrestling <laughs> for 25 minutes. You know what? That's a perfect like, segue, Mr. Like I, I seriously ramble. That's all I do. Uh, but it's, point. it's always about bullshit. Nope. So what uh, we're going to do right now, Mr. McCoy, is we're going to start the new segment with you, which is your segment, Wrestling Hard Truths. Oh, Wrestling Hard Truths. You got I have one for you. Today. Wrestling Hard Truths? I have one. I have, I have one. I'm going to do it later on my Facebook Live, but I'll give you guys the inside scoop right off the bat. Oh, so, And this is something Quinn can definitely appreciate because I know it was a big thing back when I first started and he was kind of in the prime of his career. Um, I'm always one of the Wrestling the prime, Hard Truths is, is that doing, uh, putting a hit out on a wrestler is absolutely fucking stupid because what? it doesn't prove or fix anything that is uh, around the core of the problem with that said wrestler. Um, I found out recently that these this practice has still been uh, going on in certain places, and Quinn knows exactly where I'm talking. But it's been going on certain, in a certain place we all know and then a, a, a couple other places out of state. And it just was really funny to me that in 2019, when we have all this stuff about, you know, we all want to be equal, we all want to, you know, be there for each other, we want to, it's everybody holding each other's hands, trying mm-hmm. to think kumbaya, and, you know, if they want to get in, instead of making them earn it, let's just let them in, uh, and all that dumb shit. Uh, it's still funny to me that this archaic practice is still kind of done, where it's, hey, that guy fucking pissed me off, so you go in the ring and, you know, fucking kick the shit out of him. <laughs> That'll be awesome. He'll fucking learn his lesson. Well, the thing that's more surprising to me is that they could even find anybody to do it. Most of these guys couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag on the indie level. I mean, well, let's I mean, be honest. Flips and kicks and stuff. I mean, seriously, how, how many guys? Oh, I'm sorry. Is there a bunch of Mings running around? I should be afraid of. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. And, and coming <laughs> and man. and this and this coming to a guy from McCoy who's been shot. Like he's really going to be afraid of some hundred and ten pound greased up skinny coming for him. Going to try to give him like a shoot DDT. So well, I that's the I would, amazing I, thing. I would to highly me. not recommend that to anybody that would want to try. But <laughs> well, that's the, we'll cross that bridge if we ever get uh, across. It. It, well, it's just funny because it's not. <laughs> It's not the same guys it was back in the day. I mean, how many guys could actually no. shoot if they had to? I mean, what, yeah, what percentage would you say, Ben? Would you say it's less than half? I would. Oh, yeah. I would say from when I started to now, there's probably what? Uh, honestly, I'd say less than 30% of us are left from, from back when I broke in in 2005. Yeah, I mean. Because, I mean, you know, you got like, I mean, we got like, you know, Diss is still here and, you know, Hardcore Craig and Polly Tomaselli and, mm-hmm. you know, myself. And then, you know, you got your Justin Dreads and. Your Nicolucci's and, you know, I mean, you know, your Shane Hills are still here. Jay Cash's are still here. But, like, outside of that, man, like, there's really, you know, be, you know, Matt Winchester, Dinty Moore, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. You know, he's still here. But outside of, like, and Brandon Blaze, he's still here. But, like, outside of that, like, small little group of guys, yeah, Jared, Jared Jacks is another one. There's, there's not a lot of us, man. It's a lot of, I mean, wrestling definitely, you know, from when I came, even from when I came back in 16 to now, has gotten a really big shot in the arm of a youth movement. That's mm-hmm. for sure. No, absolutely. And uh, I would just like to say that if I was running a wrestling promotion, I would make sure Jay Cash had at least 15 minutes of microphone time on every show, and he for sure had a heel that he could go after and make fun of. Because I've seen some of his uh, online stuff uh, from back in the day, and I remember it was just hilarious. Dude, the wor- if you haven't seen any of his recent stuff, the words of the week with Cash is fucking hilarious. Oh, it's, man. It's, it's, 
We filmed one of them at my house. It, it's absolutely hilarious. Nice. I'll um, have to check that out. One of the other developments I was going to tell you, though, that kind of happened that was kind of cool was that uh, I've recently uh, been tag teaming with my son. So ah. that's that's kind of happened you now. You have. Makes me feel extremely old. Like, if the dinosaurs had feelings, <laughs> I know what they felt like. <laughs> well, and that's kind of interesting because, you know, there's a lot of guys who, who we know and obviously, you know, people we don't know who have kids. And it's kind of interesting where, you know, you wonder, is it kind of the same deal as the NFL where they're worried about some of the injuries and head trauma and stuff like that? Do you want your kid going into this? Now, obviously with wrestling, it's a lot different now. I mean, we've talked about on this podcast how when they bring guys into the training camps and things, I mean, they're basically wearing helmets when they're bumping, and that's not an exaggeration. They wear helmets when they bring them in, and they start to bump and everything. So obviously they're taking care of that. But it is kind of interesting, isn't it, where, you know, similar to where a lot of people aren't pushing their kids I shouldn't say pushing, but, you know, leading their kids towards football because of the injuries and things like that. Uh, you know, it's a, it, it is a question with wrestling as to if you're going to do it or not. And I think it, you know, would come down to how well they're trained and, and who's doing the training, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, my son, Gavin, he's been training with, uh, with Angel Armani and Silas Young and, and then myself, I've been, I've been helping out and it's hard, it's hard training him because you you want to be a dad, but we all, but me and him had this agreement that if we were going to do this, that you know the second we got to the training facility wherever we were training that day, you know I wasn't dad anymore for that for that three or four hours that we were going to train. It was you were going to get Ben McCoy the wrestler talking to you just like he talks to everybody else, yep. and we weren't going to do any special treatment shit. And we weren't going to do any extra like I wasn't going to hold his hand. You know it was definitely something where uh, I I made it a point to him that. If he was going to do it, he had to do it by himself because the last thing I would ever want him to be and the worst thing that he could ever be is be in a position of where he was at and have all the wrestlers say, yeah, he's only here because of his dad. Like he's only getting this because of his dad. Yep. He's only there because of his dad. And, uh, you know, he's done a great job. You know, he's done everything the right way. And, and I'm actually, I'm like, I'm not just, you know, putting him over because he's my kid. I mean, he's honestly done everything the right way. He stays, he gets there early. He stays late. He sets up, he tears down, he refs, he wrestles. He does anything that's asked of him. He'll be a gopher. You know, he doesn't care. He just wants to be in the business. He wants to do it. Uh, it used to be that I used to have to like kick him off his phone because he was talking to his friends or he's talking <laughs> to a girl or something like that. But now I have to kick him off his phone because he's watching the network at eleven thirty at night. I'm like, go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got we got shit to do. Uh, but it can always go two ways then with kids with like kids that are going and following their parents' footsteps because they can either like take the easy route or they're gonna outwork everybody else. And it seems like your son's doing it right by outworking everybody else instead of just oh you know resting on his yeah. laurels and resting on the fact that his you know dad is. You know, yeah, man, time. and it's kind of funny because he's in a class of, of trainees that also have dads that are wrestlers. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's trained with Ryan Cross's son. Uh, the new Jordan. OVW with, like, Orton. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's training with uh, with Dave Hero's son, Cal. And, and, and they they kind of all got this cool little bond where, where they, like, they keep each other in check. Neither of the, none of the, none of those three kids want to be anywhere where they are because of their dads. And it's, it's kind of neat because it's so easy. You know, I mean, I wouldn't know because I broke in cold and just, you know, just like Quinn and every, Dave and, and Andrew, just like you guys, we all broke in cold and we just, we, we, we got a break and we found somebody who knew how to get into the business and we took our shot and we got into it. But, yep. uh, you know, I, it's really, I'm sure it's really easy for guys who have dads that are into this or uncles or cousins or whoever to just come in and, and, and kind of go through the motions and just use the family name to get over. 
Uh, and it's really cool to see three kids that, that are trying to do the exact opposite, that are trying to be completely their own entities. Well, so, so that's kind of neat. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and good for them to do it the right way, to be learning and, and training with somebody like an Angel Armani, like a Silas Young. You know, you're able to there to kind of, you know, keep your kid in track, uh, in check or whatever, because, you know, how many really good places are there left to learn? I mean, it's a lot of backyard stuff. You've got, of course, a great friend of the show. You got Ken Anderson's uh, Academy up in Minneapolis, you know, a good place to train, you know, and then you've got, I, I'm not sure if, uh, if Terry Fox and Eddie Sharkey are still running a camp up there, but you know, of course, another good place to learn. And then you have, you know, Armani's down there and, um, you know, I think Frankie DeFalco might still be doing some stuff when uh, when yeah yeah Dojo yeah. But you know, yeah. in, in terms of you know someplace good to learn and 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 not just learn you know moves and stuff like that because that's easy, but to learn the true art of storytelling is you know that's that's important and that's not easy to find these days. I mean, take a look online; you'll see it's not hard to find garbage wrestling by any means. <laughs> No, no. I didn't say that, Andrew. You, but you were thinking it. No, I wasn't. I was not even going that direction. (laughs) God damn, outlaw much. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, like, like what you're saying though. Like, I I only know of three places that you can go and train right now in in the state of Wisconsin. Yep. And that's uh, the Thumper's Den. It's uh, Angel Armani and Silas Young's camps, uh, primarily ran by Angel. And then ACW's training school uh, in Oshkosh with uh, Hornswoggle and, and Kaluchi. Like, yeah. b- besides that, yep. there's really nowhere else to go in the state of Wisconsin. And if you notice, it's it's all in the southeastern part of the state. Like, there's there's nothing to yeah. the northwest if or anything like Ashland, that. If you're in Ashland, ladies and gentlemen, so. you are going to have to move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better say this or I'm going to get in trouble. There's also the dojo in Green Bay for Shane Hills. If I don't say that, I'm sure Andrew's panties are going to get in a bunch. And he's going to get all <laughs> hey, I'm a proud, on us. I'm a proud and, graduate. And all we're going to all we're going to hear is this freaking ridiculous, <laughs> you know, Goonies reference of "Hey, hey <laughs> you guys!" <laughs> I thought the big show just came in. <laughs> <laughs> what about the dojo? <laughs> like, no, but the dojo is good too. Shane does. Because, hey, there's a lot that's of great guys Shane that come is probably going to call camps. me if that happens. You look at the Sadists and the Logan Lynches and the the Colin Brooks and the, uh, the Adam Grace and you know everybody besides Andrew. So he has really good. So. <laughs> hey, Andrew's hey. specific specialty is just battle, battle royals. Royal. Ben. Battle, battle royal, battle royal. He is a hey, space he is killer. a battle royal champion. I did a battle royal for him. Once. <laughs> with him with. I put him over too. Like yeah, yeah. I made sure he got like he he's yeah. We were in Fond du Lac, yep. like NWA yep. Unleashed, right? Yeah, they're, they're yeah, an like, show. That kid brought like forty people to the shack in Fond du Lac and was like, <laughs> "Hey, man, you know I'm supposed to go out first or third or something like that." He was earlier in the middle of the, of the match or whatever. And he hooked up with Shocker. me halfway through, and I was like, just stay here. Don't move. And then I had to run interference and tell everybody, don't touch the bald kid. Don't touch the bald kid. He's got family. He's got family. And uh, I wasn't and as bald I as know. I am now, but I was definitely showing signs. Well, we were just having that conversation last week with Dave Hero about, you know, what are guys going to do? in the business to, you know, sell tickets, bring people to the shows. He was actually just talking about that, you know, about guys going the extra mile a little bit. So, you know what, Andrew, what do you know? You got one right. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, it was because, hey, I'll be because honest of the dojo. You, learning, learning stuff as a promoter now, 
that I didn't learn, you know, that I didn't know when I was a wrestler, especially learning stuff from Dave Hero and other promoters, uh, even like talking to Carmine, Carmine DeSpirito mm-hmm. uh, over the Crusher Fest weekend that we talked about. Is stuff. he back in town? And, and, and guys like that. Learning stuff as a promoter, you really realize, Al Snow was a big guy too that, that talked about it, was if you don't know this, uh, so WWE has a certain pay way of how they pay everything. So WWE back in the 80s, the pay scale was that you take all the money that you made, Two-thirds of that money goes to the house. The company gets it. Go fuck yourselves. You don't touch it. It just goes to the company and for operating costs and for future shows and and whatever. One-third of the pay goes to the boys. Now, in the 80s, one-third of that one-third went specifically to Hogan. And the other two-thirds of that one-third went to the entirety of the rest of the roster. And that's how they would pay wrestlers. Uh, when the, in, in the 80s for the WWE, uh, which I thought was amazing because I had no idea. Yeah, now, Cal Snow said, what do you think a wrestler deserves to make? And I said, well, you know, everybody has their own pay thing. And yeah, he goes, depends why? depends how good you are. He goes, he goes, do they bring people in every single time? And I said, well, not a lot of guys. He goes, so how can they tell you what, what, they're, what they're worth? If they don't put an ass in the seat, how are they worth anything? Because... You can fill that spot with anybody else who's not going to put the same ass in the same seat because that person's not coming anyway. It's going to be an empty seat regardless. So what does it matter? What's your worth versus some other guy who wrestles just like you do? I don't care if you're good. That's great that you're good. You still didn't put an ass in the seat. And if I have to pay all this money to you to get over first to then put asses in the seat, I'm in debt and I'm not going to make my money back on you for two or three years. Because it's going to take that long for you to get a following and to be the guy in the company. Yet every wrestler wants to be the man, but they don't want to do the extra work. So I thought that was really interesting because it, because in a lot of ways that's true. Uh, he said, you know, Al Snow said another thing about saying that when he first had broken in, you know, they went to promoters and if they didn't pay you, they didn't pay you because you you were new and nobody knew who who you who the fuck you were. You know, Ken <laughs> Anderson said the same thing. I think actually on your guys' podcast talking about how. We would, they would go everywhere and anywhere. They didn't, if they got paid, great. If they did, that's fine too because they still had a spot and they got their name on. Mm-hmm. But it's changed. It's 2019 now, so it's it's uh, it's you know everybody wants to get uh, a certain payday. Everybody has a, a sense of worth, and it doesn't matter if you don't do anything for the promotion. But I can tell you, as a promoter, it's really fucking annoying when you know you put out an email <laughs> or a Facebook message on a on a two weeks before your show. It's like, hey, get me promos. And five people on a 19-man roster give you a fucking promo. And then they go, why don't I have a belt? And you kind of sit there and go, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Why really, can't, why can't really you ask? take three minutes out of your day to cut me a 45-second promo? <laughs> Two well, then, well, then next time, just make 19 belts and just give them to them like <laughs> fucking participation trophies. We'll Dude, it, it's it's so true. And then like like I look at the other thing of, of like I'm going to touch – oh, we're going we're gonna to touch a real nice raw nerve right here. Do I it. think the women's revolution is complete horseshit. And here's why. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, just hear me out before you get all fucking ruffled. Hey, Andrew, no, no, hear no I know how much us. you like your fucking women's wrestling. Just calm down, take your tampon out, and just listen to me. <laughs> so, the reason I have an issue with it is that women sit here and scream in professional wrestling. We want equality. We want to be treated just like the boys. We want to have the same matches as the boys. We want to have the same amount of time. We want to have the same amount of you know production put behind us. We want to have the same amount of everything. Put into our character the same investment that the company gives to other wrestlers. We want that. But you want to know what they don't want? They don't want the same payday that the boys get. 
They want double what the boys get, triple what the boys get, four times what the boys get because they're girls and that makes them special. But wait a minute, I thought you wanted equality. Mm -hmm. And now are you uh, speaking purely to uh, WWE uh, female performers or are you just talking on the indie scene when you find I'm a I'm talking female? on the indie scene. Okay, that's, you, that's what I thought so you were doing. I've had so many people say, why don't you book female matches? Do you want to know what my answer is nine times out of ten? It's too expensive. Yep. It's too expensive, or the girls that I want to use that give you an actual fair price that can actually work in the ring, they're booked somewhere. Yep. So then, so then fans get uppity with me and go, well, what about, you know, so why isn't so. this girl here? Well, she's 400 a plane ticket, and a hotel. Oh, yeah, but she's on Ring of Honor. Yeah, I get it. That's God, you great. could have Good like 10 Andrews for that. 10? <laughs> Fifteen. But, uh, I was gonna say a hundred. But, let's not crazy. <laughs> uh, but well, no, I'm say hey, if you want me to do that many spots all in the battle royal. Want, all these girls want revolution until it comes to the grease, brother. That's what it is. Well, they... And and then and then when they don't and then when they when they get their grease and they sit here and go, well, you know, I got you know I had this good match, but it was you know I was stuck in this like you know six man tag and I got my payday, but. Yeah, but your payday was $250. And the rest of the guys that were in that match with you, did, like I've been in a match where the, a girl was in the tag team. It was a tag team match, and a girl was on one side, and me and my tag partner and were on another side. And the three guys, her partner, myself, and my tag partner, made $100 less than what she made combined. Wowzer. But that's fair because she's a girl, and she actually knows her fucking asshole from her elbow and knows how to fucking do a fucking drop to old. And knows how to fucking actually get through a fucking heat and a shine. So, you know, that, that makes her special, which is kind of demeaning if you think about it. Because here, I'm paying you more because you have a brain in your head. Like, mm -hmm. the fuck is that about? Again, that's another hard truth that I've talked about. It's just women want a revolution until it comes to payday. Because if you really wanted an honest revolution, let's, let's, let's just call a spade a spade here. If you really want an honest revolution, you'd say, I want everything the boys got, even the same exact paydays. Exactly. And, but you'll never, you'll never, I, I'll bet my house on it. You'll never hear a girl say that. Well, I mean, so. let's look at wrestling, and, and I'm glad you brought this up. So let's look at it this way. I, and I don't know if the other members of the Bad Medicine podcast agree with me here, I think the WWE has severely hurt their product. And I, and I was just talking to Andrew the other day about how I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to just keep going on and on about wrestling, but. We'll bring it up and go with it anyways. <laughs> Just go <laughs> since quick. you're on the show. But no, what, what I was talking about was: has the WWE hurt themselves long term by going for a short term pop with the with the female talent and by giving them the big push and giving them all the time and and having them out there make the guys look stupid, you know, making them look like non athletes because they can trick them or get over on them, whatever. Do you think they've done a disservice to their product? Yes and no. I say no because of the fact that they had such barbarian ways with women's wrestling for so long where it was like they, they go, those poor girls couldn't even get a cup of coffee for mm -hmm. TV time to save their life. Yep. You know, so, so I, say no to, I say no of it because of that. I say yes because they've went overboard. They've went above and beyond. Too far they, they've, they've overextended themselves. They've overreached. Because now you have these girls who, while they are great athletes, while they are good, while they have done great stuff, I don't care what anybody says, 
Becky Lynch can shove a pull up her ass, as far as I'm concerned. The last good set of girls that were in WWE were Trish Stratus and Lita. And if anybody wants to fight me on that, they can. But that was the last two girls that were in that company that were universal stars that did movies, that did TV shows, that were able to uh, be on Letterman at night, that were able to do, you know, Conan and all these other things, and were on Leno. Like, that's the last time we had that type of, like, pure star fandom. You know, as far as women's wrestling. And Alundra Blaze will always be the best female wrestler athletically, in my opinion, in, in the history of WWE. Hands down, no, no questions asked. Well, let's and not now, forget. You have all this new brand of girls, and the problem is that they're all the fucking same. <laughs> well, I mean, they really, really are. There, there's very, if you look, if you put Bailey, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, you know, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte in a fucking lineup, and you go through what they can and can't do. They all even out because they're all good in different areas. Mm -hmm. So there's no real like standout. It's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, the, the 1997, 1998, which by the way, I, you guys know that I'm, I'm like, uh, chronologically working my way through the WWE network. I am now in, uh, <laughs> I am now in August of 1997 for the WWE and I'm in February of, uh, 97 for WCW. WCW is getting a little slow, brother. Uh, no. <laughs> Mach just joined the NWO. So it's just kind of like, yeah, come on, this is coming. Uh, but, <laughs> the, the point being is like there's no standout. There's no like you know you look at the main ma male roster. It's it's Seth Rollins, it's AJ Styles, and then there's kind of everybody else. But those are the two 100% workhorses. And then you'll have your KOs and your Shinsuke's and your Finns and all these other guys. But that company is running purely right now on Seth Rollins and AJ Styles being completely fucking amazing. And then everybody else falls in line afterwards. The women's division doesn't have that. They really don't. They, they and they can't fuck. And then they can't make their fucking mind up because the thing is, is that they take these two girls and they put them against each other. They beat that storyline to death. You know, for example, the uh, and you're saying uh, the, the army Becky veteran girl against Becky Lynch. Oh, Lacey Evans. Okay. Uh, Lacey, Lacey Evans. Evans. Yeah, yeah. They beat that shit to death for almost six months. And now it's like, well, fuck, what do we do? Well, let's dust the, the dirt off of Natalia and bring her sorry ass back here and see what she can do, even though we know it's the same set of six moves plus the sharpshooter, and she comes out to Brett's music and steals this whole fucking gimmick. But I'm, really I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, Ben, because that was one of our topics we had on the Board of Truth was that women's, I don't remember if it was a four-way or five-way match, that Natty ended up winning to to go on and, and face, was it a four-way? Okay, to go on and, and face Becky. The um, and you were talking. This kind of ties into everything you were saying about um, you know, kind of wrestlers kind of being overly sensitive and soft and that sort of thing. And the women's division, you know, getting a, a real hard push that you know, like Lita and Trish didn't have. They basically did that on their own without being you know, kind of force fed to the audience. But there was a lot of uh, talk in social media, specifically by Alexa Bliss, I think, complaining about the fans that were just shitting all over the match, saying how terrible it was. And it was terrible. I know. They were and sloppy as shit. It was, it was terrible. You guys terrible. are called Sloppy Joes, but we can't call them Joes because they're girls. So Sloppy Jeanettes. It was terrible. <laughs> sloppy Joes. That's the name of this podcast, by the way. Sloppy Jeanettes. Sloppy. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. But do you think that's because of, of most of these girls haven't gone through the indies and haven't had to take their lumps? They've been in the training facility. They've been in the performance center. The se senator center. They've been in NXT where – 
the crowd is essentially part of the show at this point with NXT. They're going to cheer who they're supposed to cheer. They're going to boo who they're supposed to boo. And they're really coddled to a point where they don't know how to handle it from the crowd when they say, you know what, this match is fucking garbage and you can do better. What's this nonsense you're putting out here? And then they get all sensitive about it. I completely agree with that. And here's what, we can tie this into a military thing. We live in America. It's a very socially conscious country, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. We we all agree on that? Yep. There's an invisible safety net in America where you can get away with oh so much before the cops or the fucking, you know, uh, the the rapid intervention teams or the SWAT teams are going to come and clip your ass, right? Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. There is that safety net in America. You go to a country like Afghanistan. You go to a country like you go to South Africa. You go to you go to these you know you go to these places that are in the middle of fucking nowhere where they have no. You go to Uganda. You know you go to Syria. You go to all these places where they have no fucking law except for martial law. There's no safety net there. This applies to the women in WWE. They have created their entire careers with a safety net, and the ones that did work without the safety net are almost. Uh, discriminated against you know the ones like the baileys I, I feel like baileys discriminated against because she started in the indies and then she made her way to the wwe you know the, and i feel but then like you look at natalia she came up through nxt in the in the farm system she came up in ovw and f and, and florida championship and all that stuff and that's how she got her thing and she's always had that wonderful safety net of we'll let you fall but we'll never let you fall down you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's definitely Alexa Bliss is the same way. You know, uh, Sasha Banks, exact same way. Charlotte Flair, the exact same way. I think because they never were able to be in an environment where there was no safety net for them to either succeed or fail. Well, when and- they fail now on national television because they have been, you know, almost disserviced by the WWE to being in a position where they have, they have gotten complacent and used to always receiving praise and oh my god that was amazing and hey that was all right but better luck next time you're, you're still doing great and this that and the other thing and nobody ever gives them a hard truth cheap plug <laughs> well do you think they, that's because they, when, they never when the had hard a... truth comes from the audience and the audience goes this is fucking horseshit you guys fucking suck why are you giving us this dog shit of a match that makes no fucking sense they get upset and hurt because they're not used to hearing the constructive criticism of the fans, not even of like, like this isn't even coming from like a William Regal or like a Paul Heyman or a, or no, a Bischoff. Or a this them. is coming from the people that are paying their money to watch you. Like you can't be a rock band, go on stage and not know what fucking song you're playing and have five different fucking artists or instruments playing different songs. And then get mad because, at the fans because their ears hurt. Hey, Little Wayne just walked off stage because there wasn't <laughs> enough fans there. So, and, and how shitty does it make the girls look by saying, Fuck you, fans! How fucking dare you? How fucking dare they? Well, you know how they how they dare. They paid their fucking hard-earned money that they fucking saved up for because you only come to their town once in fucking every eight months, and they fucking took the day off of work to get there early to give their kids the best experience possible, and you literally fuck them in the middle of the ring dry, and and then you want them to be ups- Then they you want them to be like, oh, thank you, I appreciate the anal leakage and bleeding. <laughs> He's like no, I'll, nobody's gonna do that. For I'll you. play along with you, like I'm like I'm on the payroll, you know. Well, I, I get that to a point, but what if after one of your matches, a regular fan comes up and tries to tell you what you all did wrong in your match? Ah, I love that you bring that point up. See? I listen to I, I am I have always been the guy since I have come back to literally set my ego on the shelf because even if I think the person that's telling me. 
their opinion is a fucking moron. I still want to hear it because because whether I like it or not, I have to understand as a performer that that person represents a demographic. Even if it's like three fucking people in the audience, they still represent a demographic. And what if they're and, and so what? What if their thing is you know, I wish you would throw more chops because your chops are really good. Or what if their thing is, I wish you wouldn't punch because your punches are shit. <laughs> you know, what if it's a small thing and, it, yeah. and it's like easily adaptable to your thing, to your character and to, and to the way that you wrestle in the ring? Like, why not listen to everybody? I've, I've always looked at it as the guy who's as, who sits there as a performer and goes, I know fucking everything. Everybody fuck off. I know what I'm doing. Doesn't know anything because the people that he's supposed to be listening to, he's ignoring on purpose. Yeah, and they and that type of attitude won't get you very far anyway. You you brought up something earlier that I just wanted to get back to. Uh, do you think part of the problem with um, you know with a lot of the female performers that you mentioned is that they haven't you know by being in the performance center and that sort of thing and not being on the indies, they've never had to do it themselves. They've never had to just sit across from another person and be like, "All right, what are we going to do tonight?" Absolutely. Know, they've always had Absolutely. somebody if telling them to what me, to do. Well, we kind of saw that with Charlotte. And, I was just uh, going to bring Evans. it up. The, the, did you see the Charlotte Lacey Evans quote unquote uh, shoot? Well, that he they just had? said he was still on Raw from '97. Well, so. but I figured he might have seen it earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, anyway, so Charlotte hey, man, and Lacey there's Evans. There's only so many hours in the day. I started. I started in '69. So, like, just, just calm your pits, Becca. I'm doing my best, Andrew. Uh, but no, what what I what I think about is wouldn't it be? Don't you think it would be smart if if they were re, if they were really smart if they were really really smart? Don't you think it would be smart for WWE to have part of the training to get to the main roster be that you have to go do six months on the Indies by yourself? Well, like, no, because then you'll you end up the with contact uh, information for promotions. No, you wouldn't want to end up with a bunch places, of guys like but, AJ Styles who know what they're doing, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, wouldn't that be smart to have part of the process Absolutely. of becoming a WWE superstar for for a female or even a guy? It doesn't matter. This is universal. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't it be smart to say, hey, six months, go to the indies. Come yeah. back in six months and or, or report to us weekly or report to us every couple weeks. But but get everything that you do on tape and let us watch you evolve. Yeah, go do a show on Bumfuck Nowhere where there might be 20 fans. So or Chilton. Exactly. Hey, exactly. Hey, Let's hey, see hey, this person's work house. rate when the fucking conditions aren't perfect and favorable. Hey. Let's see how they let's see how they can adapt when the crowd is shitting on everything they're doing to start off a match. So to your point though on that Ben, Drew McIntyre is actually the one-time deal that they actually said, "Hey, leave us, come back." Yeah, and it, and it was the best thing he out. ever did. Yeah. Correct. It was the best, and and he's not the only one. That's bullshit. They well, EC three, EC three was there in fucking the bullshit NXT days when they were still doing it as a faction, and it wasn't even a fucking thing. And he went and he got sent home. Trent Beretta got sent home. All those guys got sent home, and then they came back. Daniel Bryan got fucking sent home. Daniel Bryan came back. Look well, he choked someone when he shouldn't. Have. <laughs> but I'm but what I'm saying is is like there's other guys that have gotten sent home from that from that company. That went back to the that went to the Indies and did great things. I mean, let's look at it this way. You want a case in point? Cody fucking Rhodes, better than ever, and it's because he left the fucking uh, he left the WWE and he did indie. Like you have to remember, he didn't sign with New Japan or Ring of Honor right away. He did the Indies for like almost a year. 
Oh yeah, and I mean, it made he him was better the, than he's ever been. Yeah, I mean, he was just I mean, he the just third wheel in Legacy. A fucking five star match with a fifty year old dude. Yeah, it's his brother, but that's fucking impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I don't know if you if you were able to hear it. Uh, I don't know if there's an issue with like our audio feedback or whatever. But the thing with Cody, what people forget is that he was just the third wheel in Legacy. You know, behind DiBiase and and Orton. I mean, he wasn't anything. Thank special you for agreeing with me that he was behind fucking DiBiase. Oh, absolutely, he was. Absolutely, he was. You know. But then he decided he was going to go out and he was going to make himself a star, and he did. Broken Cody Rhodes. So, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think to, if you really have the drive and you really want to do it, you can go out there and you can make a name for yourself and come back better. Where I think they have the problem is when they bring in just generic blank-faced athletes who are looking at it as a way to make some money. They'll get trained how to do stuff. They'll have people walk them through storylines and how to do everything and, and you know psychology and that sort of thing. And then when they get burned out and WWE doesn't have anybody they can call on, then they're surprised when you know the guys and why are do you, passionate. Why do you think left. they go to the indie guys now? You know, and the, that Ari Davari, a good friend of our but our, mm-hmm. of us. You know, your 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 good buddy who's who's who used to wrestle as Thoroth and is now Eric Rowan. Like they they started to go to the indies because they, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I really feel like Ring of Honor, WWE, New Japan. I think I think they started bringing over American guys and American indie guys specifically because they looked at it and goes, wow. These guys can fucking survive under all the elements. Well, and they the, want the worst it. of the worst, the best of the best, and everything in between. They're massively adaptable to any style, any type of opponent, and this is what we need to make our company, you know, steadfast and be and, and do good and do good and great things. If you don't believe me, just look at NXT. Everyone they've brought in there has been a fucking indie guy. Yeah. Everybody, you know, between Aries and they did fucking, you know, Finn because Finn was still in Japan and technically that was an indie back still when Finn was way back there. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they bring in all the Japan stars. They bring in the indie guys like him. They're 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 trying to sign Jungle Boy from AEW as soon as they have a chance. Don't you know, get me started on Jungle Perry's Boy. <laughs> you know, they they have all this talent, but they do the Juice Robinsons and they did the Sammy Callahan's and they and while those guys left they still went and grabbed all these guys because they saw how much indie wrestling was doing well. There's a reason that in 2019, indie wrestling is more profitable, more popular, and more in demand than it's ever been. It's kind of like, and it's sad because I feel terrible about that it's being found out now because, and this isn't stroke and egos, this is just the truth. There were better wrestlers in 0405 when I broke in. You know, I, it sucks that, I feel like it sucks for guys like Quinn who missed the boom. Because they were, they were in between the booms from the early 90s or from the late 90s to the early 2000s. And then, you know, spent the majority of their careers in, in the lull, which was literally, I would say, 2002 until probably 2017. There was like a 15-year lull where it was kind of like, you know, in 15 it kind of picked up a little bit. There was a little bit of buzz. In 16 it got a little better. But then it blew up in 17. And, and, and we've been riding that wave ever since. So... It sucks that you, that you weren't in that, man, because I thought you would have been fucking pretty dope. Quinn still the, took uh, a ladder to the face right now. <laughs> Raw, so he, he made it somewhat big time. Well, it is it is interesting to see, you know, where they're pulling guys from. And, you know, just to, to wrap up those thoughts that we just had, I don't think you'll ever see anybody who wrestled on the indies 
maybe it's happened, but I don't think it has, cry about fan interaction via their Twitter or Facebook. I just don't, I don't no. think they're going to do Dude, it. Dude, I had a guy call me a cum dumpster once. Like, like you don't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah, my dad know? was drinking too much that night. <laughs> he apologizes. <laughs> Actually, I don't think he did. <laughs> on, a, on a side note, though, on, on one last thing here, because i got to let you guys go here in a little bit, but I have one thing. So... We always talk about, every time I talk to you guys, we always reminisce about the old days. We talk about cool stuff. We talk about the shoulda, woulda, couldas. And one of the main things we talk about is, man, Ben McCoy really should have wrestled Dave Damone. Like, we really should have got that match. <laughs> I can't believe happen. that never happened. It never happened. Never in a singles we match. Came it never happened. We came close. Ben and I came close to setting something up, and then Ben blew me off. I'd watch that for a dollar. So, so, to... To rectify that, in, as an exclusive on your little podcast, September 19th is a Thursday. We're at the Great Lakes Naval Base for Frontline Pro, and I officially challenge Dave Damone to a match. You heard it here, folks. How, how can Diamond Dave say no to that? <laughs> oh, oh my God. He's already boy. starting to do bicep curls. He's getting ready for the boy. Gosh, I You're feel like I should be cut the your payday, but I can handle everything else. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, Ben. I'm going to charge more than these little indie guys right now because I actually know how to work and run a mic. <laughs> he would also like a private jet in a hotel. <laughs> I need hey, to be I, flown from They got Appleton. a lot of Chinook helicopters over there. I can see if I can commandeer one for you. You're Ric Flair style. Well, I'll tell you what, Ben. You have uh, piqued my interest, and I might even respond maybe you know, via Instagram or a Facebook video. Maybe more, more so than the podcast here. Who knows? Oh, boy. He's turning into Diamond Dave right in front of her eyes. McCoy, yeah, you see what you've done? Where'd Man, you get that, that go off fast? His whole uh-huh. attitude and demeanor just switched, it, even his facial expressions. I have no idea where he got that vest from. We had none in the studio, <laughs> and now he's wearing one. Just because I slithered one on. Did he have it under, on underneath his shirt this entire time? I got it totally on right he's now. Like, he's like Mormons with pajamas. He's always got a vest on <laughs> underneath his clothes. And there's legit gear in the car right now. Well, I think... I think it's awesome and very, very cute that you're just as eager to get an ass kicking as you used to be. So that's oh, jeez! Oh, 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 oh. That dial's starting to get turned Damn up. Damn it! Now I have to really watch my diet. So is, is just, there a battle just, royal the nineteenth? I could get. You might want to leave the wife at home for this one. <laughs> Consider it done, Ben. We'll work out the finer details because I wouldn't mind beating up a redheaded like you. Hey, Ben, is there any chance you're going to have a battle royal on the card? Because I know a guy who specializes in battle royals. Hey, man, I would, but they do background checks. Yeah, they won't let them on a naval base. No way. Hey, Ben, before you actually get going, and not to try and uh, change the subject here, but give us uh, last time. the subject. No. I mean, Ben and I can run an awesome promo. Uh, first podcast we had john we didn't really get to ask a segment that we do now which is pet peeves and i know you kind of went off on a couple <laughs> but uh let's do we some... really haven't covered pet peeves okay let's do sure. non-wrestling pet peeves for ben McCoy. A little bit. non-wrestling pet mm-hmm. peeves um people who don't use their blinker to turn it into thank separate you <laughs> fucking um, thank so you. so you know andrew uh, you know every day um <laughs> No, no, I, I don't mean like Andrew turning lanes. I just mean Andrew by himself every day. Is a <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just because I go uh, to an empty house every night. Do- oh, <laughs> uh, long waits at restaurants for your food. That that's a big pet peeve of mine. Because uh, how good Applebee's can the food is probably really the be? worst with that? Um, Where is? And then 
uh, people of Walmart is probably my my super pet peeve. Uh, living in Kenosha, where I live, every time I walk into a Walmart, there's always there's always a character that I wind up running into. <laughs> even when I try to like dip in and just get right the hell out, like you know, I need a you know, I need a fucking bar of pit stick or something. I'm just trying to get in and get out, and I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. And of course, the one guy. You know, with half of his ass hanging out, and he's wearing a shirt two sizes too small, is is like right there looking at my brand of deodorant, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "You can't even afford that. Why are you here?" Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a thing. Big time uh, so people of Walmart are definitely on there. I also love the people of Walmart who uh, yell across aisles to the people that are with them. Oh, Jesus. You know, uh, especially uh, and and I'll and I'll say it. I I, I love the African Americans who do it because it's it's the most entertaining. Uh, it's a pet peeve, but it's still really entertaining when all of a sudden you hear, Cheryl! Cheryl, where are you? I'm aisle nine! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think Cheryl's in this corner of the store, brother. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure she she's anywhere but where you are, because that's where I would be. So, uh, Well, I was um, going to say, if you don't want a long wait on food, just go to Johnny Rockets. They like to give you burgers raw. <laughs> Damn it! I told hey, you not to keep giving about, pub. This isn't about you, Andrew. Why don't you just you know put the spotlight back over you here out. for a minute, there, kid? I was just trying you know. to help you out. Get you faster you know food. The day the the day I need your help is simply going to be to put the nails in my coffin, friend. <laughs> ben, how excited so, how excited are you for this football season? I'm really excited, man. I, I mean, you know, obviously the Packers will sweep the Bears. Oh, so my God. Be, that's a given. You know, it's a given. He's probably going to break his vagina halfway through the season and miss eight weeks. You <laughs> oh, know, you that's going to suck for you. You mean Rusty you know, Rogers? Is it going to bother you when Adrian Amos becomes, like, the ghost of Christmas past <laughs> and, like, picks <laughs> off Trubisky twice in each of the games we play in? Does that re- That's going to bother you, right? Listen, is brother. It gonna bother, is it going to bother you when both of the Smiths wind up, like, you know, but fucking Trubisky whilst whilst vertically suplexing him into the ground <laughs> on national because TV. I'm pretty Dwayne. sure that's gonna bother you. Oh, it's not gonna bother me at all because Khalil Mack will be wiping up the floor with Aaron Rodgers' little collarbones getting broke because he's a shattered man. I mean, Khalil oh, Mack's gonna so, be. It's so funny that you say that, but yet you look on paper and the Packers have the best offensive line they've had in six. Oh years. my God. It's a go. true story. It's oh, a true yeah, story. The Packers. Oh, I thought you were saying they had it in best in the NFL, which obviously is not true. Well, well, yeah, hey, well, uh, let, let's both agree on one thing. It's awesome that they're giving the Packers and the Bears the respect that they deserve and letting them be the first game of the year to kick off the 100 season. Oh, absolutely. No, that is pretty cool. Absolutely. You, I we, totally we agree can, with that. We can all agree on that. Yeah, that I mean, that's who the else right would move. it be? That's really cool that they stuck with tradition because, you know, they could have done the thing that they do every year where the Super Bowl champions take on, you know, one of their best rivals. You know, I remember the Packers, after the year after they won the Super Bowl, they played the Saints because that was like the big team that never that they never met in the playoffs. And it was the coulda, shoulda, woulda game and all that other jazz. And they've done it, you know, with the Patriots over the years and the Eagles and other people. So uh, it's cool that they went back to tradition and were like, hey, let's go with the oldest rivalry in the book. Let's kick this this season off nasty, gritty, and, and dirty. Where you know guys are going to be you know trying to you know get to third base while choking out their opponents. So. <laughs> no, that and, is and, the... and, and nothing better than NFC North football, brother. Oh, uh, maybe Correct. we can bring back Charles Martin and have him body slam Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the Smiths is going to have all the numbers on his I, I on his towel of who he's going to eliminate. <laughs> oh, it's hey, gonna be... all, all, all I'm saying is is. 
Everybody has everybody has the Packers in in the position that I like them in, which is Bent nobody's over. talking about them. Even Aaron Rodgers <laughs> talked about it uh, on the NFL Network. Is nobody talks about them, and it always seems that the Packers' best years are the years where nobody talks about them. For example, you know, the last time we won the Super Bowl, we had to beat the Bears in the final game of the season just to get into the playoffs, and then we did that, and then after that. Who did we beat in the Quinn? Who did we beat in the NFC North Championship game? Oh, I can't remember. You know, I it's all such a blur. But I just remember Randall Cobb streaking down the ends into the end zone. Uh, who was that against? Andrew, do you remember who that was against? Uh, you guys are a bunch oh, of yeah, fucking I'm comedians. Thinking of a different game where I saw like DJ Raji get an interception comedians. and just on Caleb fucking Haney, <laughs> who's now <laughs> packing fucking groceries at Quick Trip. Probably <laughs> sorry you haven't had. Hey, at least he's Hall getting benefits. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? It's okay. You, you know, Dave, you can't be mad that the fact that every quarterback your team gets has a vagina, you know? Because when you break a vagina, it's a very serious injury. I mean, did you not see Jay Cutler's vagina break? It oh, was very serious. Ben. And, you, know, you know, I will give you props because I was telling Quinn and uh, Andrew this the other day that majority of Packer fans, majority, there's a hand, there's only a handful left that are actually creative with trying to be insulting on the Chicago Bears. Where yeah. the go-to's, oh, Bears still suck. Oh, Bears well, still an suck. oldie but a goodie, though. It's so stupid. At least Ben here is being creative. I had to challenge Quinn on that the other day. I'm like, Quinn, don't follow the sheep. And he's like, you're right. I can be better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can. Hey, I, I can never you, said I drove such past a thing. Your, your, your stadium. I took my kids to the fucking aquarium, the, sh- the shed aquarium next to the uh, the soldier field. Yep, good place. Uh, do you want to tell me... Do you not think it's a coincidence that half of your stadium looks like a courthouse and half of your players are criminals? Does that bother you? Hey, I mean, name one criminal. It's really awkward that you have like the pillars of justice on one side of your stadium. <laughs> and I think to myself, huh, that's why people play in Chicago. When they get in legal trouble, they can just handle their fucking fines and tickets inside the stadium. Oh, that's really, it's Quinn's, it's Quinn's type of stadium. It's all in one. You know, oh, I raped a girl. Hey, here's my ticket. It's a twofer. Uh-huh. Well, there's really no criminals in Chicago yet on the team, but... Hey, it's the NFL. You never know what will happen. No, you no, you yeah, don't. The, the I, NFL I, I think we can all like agree that the last thing we want for this season is for the Patriots to win the fucking Super Bowl. Well, it is Dr. Tom, so oh, if he wins another one, it's that's fine. That's a classic Bears thing. If, uh, it's if not even a Bears thing. If you're doing good, you want you're the such Patriots a schmuck. to win. It's not even a Bears thing. Look how many fans hey, he's got. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, my, my buddy, John Mackey, was a firefighter, is a, is a firefighter in Boston, and good actually man. saved Tom Brady's house from getting caught on fire a few years back. And he tells me about this story, and he goes, yeah, man, I was getting my boots off, and like five houses burnt down. We finally were able to contain it in this rich neighborhood in the north side of, of Boston. And this guy walks up to me at four in the morning, trying to shake my hand. I'm just bent over. I'm trying to take my boots off to get all my gear off so I can get in the rig and, and go home. And he keeps saying, hey, you know, thank you so much. 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 And he goes, brother, you know, like, I get it. And he's like, no, I really need to shake your hand. And my buddy stands up, and he goes, holy fuck, you're Tom Brady. And he's like, yeah. Thanks for saving my house, man. I really appreciate that. John goes on to tell me that a couple days later, Brady comes to their firehouse in person, like in like the limousine or whatever, or the, the Range Rover or whatever he drives. Yeah. Comes in person, drops off tickets to that week's game with $100 food vouchers for Gillette Stadium and $100 uh, vouchers for the pro shop inside of Gillette Stadium. They got like two and, and then Brady and talked to them, And then Brady talked to them after the game. 
he tells me all this. He goes, isn't that awesome? I'm like, yep. He goes, what do you think? And I said, I think you should have let his fucking house burn down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So essentially the story here is, is Tom Brady is truly a saint. I think he's that's a saint who should at. still have a house that was burned down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Brady needs to understand. Manager, I'm not ever. looking for a saint. I'm looking for a martyr. Uh, <laughs> see, the great thing about the Bad Medicine podcast is that my admiration for Tom Brady or my dislike for Tom Brady depends on which one of my uh, Bad Medicine podcast co-hosts I'm trying to upset. So if I'm going to be picking on Andrew, Tom Brady's the goat, and he's just he's just jealous he doesn't play in Green Bay. If I'm trying to piss off Dave, I just say he's never going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. He's better. <laughs> oh, he's he's better. You don't even believe that when you say that. I do. Like, that's, the, that's the sad part, Dave. It's like you just said that, and you, the, the, the defeat in your voice was so profound. How can it be defeat? That we were all like, no, defeat. he don't believe the, that. The dude you know? has six rings, and he doesn't need to run. That's great. So he has an awesome team around him. Way exactly. to go coaching staff and ownership. Wait, wait. Why is that Tom Brady doing that? Because he's the one who's throwing the passes. And let, the, let, the teammates have to complete the plays. The three yards to the right, that, three yards to the left. So then you if could say Aaron that. Aaron Rodgers would have been the quarterback for the New England Patriots, they'd have more than six rings, brother. Okay, so what you're saying is here that every quarterback is pretty much a game manager, right? No, negative. Negative. That's, cause that, that's not, you can't say that because look at Michael Vick. He was on Falcon teams that should have fucking been 2-11, and 11, man. Like They should have been garbage the entire season. And he made them playoff teams. He made them teams that could come into Green Bay and win. You know, And, 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 and it was stressed with Favre where nobody could win in Green Bay. <laughs> oh, man, we could probably go all day with football talk, Benny. Yo, the hey, thing the only reason like Tom Brady is because he's got a fucking hot-ass wife and he eats fucking avocado ice cream. And for some reason, you're into that hippie shit. That's not my problem. <laughs> Not even close. I didn't start paying you attention to Tom until after two rings. You on Cape Cod. You go right the fuck ahead, man. I'm not going to knock you. Shipping off to Boston. Oh, I think we sing. are going to have a battle at the naval base. I think we are. I think oh. I'm going to have to stand up for Tom Brady now. I think, oh, man. I, I think hope you should you come out wearing a Patriots Please jersey. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I'll it's okay, my- I'm going to wear a Packer jersey. They'll boo both of our asses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll have to take it home in 30 seconds. Oh, we'll no shit. shit you wouldn't even make it to the ring if you wore that. And then by the time I got out there, I'd be jumped and stabbed too. <laughs> like the old days. All right, days. man. You just, just wrestle my dead corpse and pretend <laughs> I'm Andrew. I think I might be. The same thing as wrestling Andrew. So. <laughs> that's about, yeah, that's my capability. Ah, you're lighter, though. You'd be easier to carry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I get over right, the guys. top rope just fine. All right, Benny, thanks for calling in, brother. You bet. You guys have a good night. I'll kick your ass soon. Bye. Later, Benny. Great bye, he says. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the soon-to-be-defeated by Diamond Dave Damone, Ben McCoy. I don't know, Quinn, who do you have your money on? McCoy. McCoy as well. (laughs) Gosh. Don't We've don't been pay. tag team champions four times. Well, yeah, who came down the roads, and he still doesn't want to pick his bud. Well, because who, who carried that team? Me. It's like you're Tom Brady and he's the Patriots defense. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Belichick. Uh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. So uh, so tonight we're going to do this. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take a bump. Maybe one. So uh, what you're saying, Quinn, is we're doing the big guy, tall, uh, small guy kind of routine, right? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I ain't doing shit. <laughs> it's just, it'll mean more when I just take one bump, Dave. It if, does. I mean, I could go it up really there and flat, work, back, flat back all over the place. It's not going to mean you anything. You want to know what's great, though, is I could never up counter you on that because it just, we got yeah, it. Well, it. We, it, it we knew sense. it made sense because yeah. I'd have to be the little guy to put over the two big dudes that we're taking on. And why would, why would a little two-foot dude try to... Well, unless we're in today's wrestling, a little five foot wonder would. We want, uh, we want Dave to get the hot tag of bad medicine to come in there and clean house, just power bombing away. Well, actually, I was watching our match, and yeah, you only took two bumps in that whole match. I had hit well, you. Quinn's a, a big guy. I had hit him with one clothesline, didn't budge. Another clothesline, didn't budge, and then missed his clothesline attempt and gave him the big old John Cena shoulder tackle. <laughs> then he finally bumped. Oh, boy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it never gets tired of hearing just how great you really are. <laughs> and yet, and yet he just rides his motorcycle with a middle finger up past your show. You're in and you're out. <sighs> I did drive by Chilton, actually, on the motorcycle when I was coming back from the uh, Palmetto State Armory-sponsored Vintage Moto Fest at Elkhart Lake at Road America. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a fan of power sports and racing and are in the Midwest, I would highly recommend checking out Road America. Absolutely And beautiful. I probably should take that Road America and drive it up Ben McCoy's ass. <laughs> the whole thing? The whole thing. The whole, the whole six-mile track? Jesus Jesus God, that guy really got under my skin by... You know, challenge me under oh, on yeah. our it podcast. It wasn't even him the challenging nerve. him. It was him saying that Tom Brady's house should have <laughs> That's what got Dave upset. That's what secondly got me and upset. Calling out his bears? I can't oh, believe it. Gosh. Yeah, that's that's mine and Quinn's job. What the fuck? <laughs> September 19th. I got to make that work. That's a Thursday, Dave. <laughs> I'm not making it work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, l- listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. He's already looking for a way out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or am I just going to try to find a great way to sell it? You're you, saying you won't be there? You're gonna, I want it on my time, Mason Quinn. You're, you're going to send in Devin like when he was mini Quinn. He can be <laughs> mini Dave Damone. <laughs> I don't think he would fit in your vest, though. <laughs> Dude has kind of plumped up. <laughs> He's a little tubby. <laughs> News to me. <laughs> no, we're just playing. He's still good, kind of. But uh, good with those what else do we? Uh, that, I think we. So fellas, well, we that was a hell of a podcast I, I, today. I, mean, I think it could be uh, so, time for Quinn's favorite time of the episode. Is it his favorite time of the week, or is it time for Andrew? Oh no, you already gave your five answer uh, review on stuff. You did the bathroom well, at the, the bathroom, bakery. Yeah. <laughs> That's all those reviews are good for. <laughs> yeah, they're only good for shit. Well, I never gave a, literally. I never gave an actual answer review of uh, of Johnny Rockets, which was negative five. Negative five answers. Negative five answers. And I think that should be the last time we give them pub. <laughs> I, I think though. I, I think though. I, I think though. Well, just like before when he said rivalry, it's like sometimes you can't say rivalry without sounding drunk. Rivalry. <laughs> rivalry. There was a lot of Jim Beam drink this weekend, boys. That's all I'm going to say. It was delicious. Who drank more? Oh, I think I did. Clearly. Clearly. It's because I I wasn't involved. What do you got for us? Otherwise, I think it's time to take it home. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we always like to wrap up our podcast by thanking, and I just got the word from our great attorney, Andrew's buddy, old Ira Nussbaum, that we can now call them 
should be sponsors of the podcast. Yes. So no longer Only yes. litigation for a week. Yes. That's Fuck all that, that lawyer is amazing. Yes. He is awesome. He got me out of my fifth, sixth, and seventh DUI, ladies and gentlemen. And he's hey. proud of it. Hey, pretty soon the Usos are going to be calling him. Hey, Jimmy's <laughs> giving you a run. They're giving me a run for my title. By the way, that was a hell of a victory cigar that John Cena had on Monday calling out the mugshot. I do believe he did. Are you going to be upset with his little uh, cigar that he's been calling all week? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so I, had a, I got sent in the HR because uh, they saw me in a rage as uh, <laughs> Quinn put out the victory cigar for the Packers this year yet again. We should have I told uh, Benny Haha about your cigar, man, because he was pumping up the Packers like no business, but we didn't tell him about your cigar. The, there's nothing wrong with the cigar, Dave. Oh, I don't no, know what you The victory cigar is never wrong. You are right. <laughs> 10 and 0, Andrew. That's how they're going to start. <laughs> and the only reason they're going to stop at 10 is because they want to keep the fans in suspense because they know how to make money. you got to have a good story. Well, no. The, what they've been doing the last couple of years, you know. Win, start red hot. Start winning four games, lose six, and then Rodgers, what, what does he normally say? We're going to go on a run, and then goes on a tiny well, run, and then... Well, what it was was like uh, 14 was relax and then uh, 16 run the table, which they did. And that was when they would start off slow on the season. Now, then when they come back in dramatic fashion and beat the Bears and then get a horseshit call to tie the Vikings, then you go on a little nah. bit of a losing streak. Oh, come on. That was Stole! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> this guy. Listen, this guy. You know, for all the garbage Dave wants to talk, I can't believe he doesn't watch more football. I can't believe he doesn't watch the college game. Yeah, Saturdays he's busy it, watching wa- wa- Walking Dead. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Reruns of the Walking Dead. <laughs> Instead of watching exciting football where players are playing for free and playing for their lives so they can get paid in the NFL. That's right. Speaking of, college, speaking of college football players, I want to give a big shout-out to Independence Community College in Kansas. <laughs> I can't believe Kansas. you fired Coach Brown. He, had, oh, he just created your entire program. You had everything going. The guy makes one little reference about Hitler, and you got to fire him. Is I that just the don't last understand. chance you guy? That was last, last chance, chance you. Uh, tremendous series on Netflix. Andrew, how many answers would you give on the answer scale, one through five, to Last Chance You? Well, based on football and, and television and film, you know, the program is a five answers, so I'm going to give Last Chance You four and a half answers. Four and a half answers for the great series Last Chance You on Netflix. Check it out, folks. You'll see how college football athletes really go about their day-to-day, life, uh, day-to-day lives and and it's a nice little peek behind the curtain for anybody who wants to criticize college sports. Log into uh, the Bad Medicine Podcast Facebook page to get Dave's account information so that you, too, can have Netflix. Free for everybody. Probably not. All right. <laughs> it's, that's Diamond Dave's gift to you. The uh, username is Diamond Dave Damone, and the uh, password is secretly Packers Love. Packers Rule, I thought it was, was his password. He, Packers. One, 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 one. He yeah. had to change it. There was a login from California, so he had to change it. Was it was Rogers. He was trying to get in my stupid account again because he forgot his stupid little password I set up for him. Oh, that's right. I'm sure you'll get that 125 from Equifax. You'll be fine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hey, time to thank form. the sponsors, should be, of the Bad Medicine Podcast. Big shout out to JR's Barbecue Sauce. You can find it anywhere you find your great barbecue sauces, specifically Pro Wrestling Tees, as well as JR'sBBQ.com. Big shout out to ODB's Barbecue Sauce and Barbecue Truck in the Minneapolis area. If you've got a hunger for some awesome barbecue, whether it be 
ribs, brisket, or pork. Believe me, you're going to want to check it out. It's called the Meet and Greet. Absolutely. Also, a big shout out to the Academy School of Pro Wrestling run by your friend and mine, Mr. Ken Anderson. If you've got what it takes to be a pro wrestler, check out the Academy School of Pro Wrestling in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Also want to give a shout out, if you have any financial questions, to call Ian Gager of Northwestern. <laughs> like Everybody's writing shit on boards right now for me to say. This is hilarious. <laughs> if you have any financial questions, check out Ian Gager of Northwestern Mutual Life. You don't want to work the rest of your life. And believe me, you don't want to go out like Adrian Peterson. So if you have questions, call Ian Gager for any of your financial issues. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you can see it, both Andrew and Diamond Dave are just writing feverish, feverishly, easy for me to say, on the boards of truth that we have here for me to get something out. So... Without further ado, I would like to thank our newest sponsor, should-be sponsor, of the Bad Medicine Podcast. They are... Can I have a drum roll, please? Leinenkugel's Brewery of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. If you love beer, ladies and gentlemen, and I know you do, you can find a flavor you like at Lining Kugels, whether it's summer shandy, uh, summer shandy, <laughs> orange shandy, you got canoe paddler, you got honey weiss, you got the regular Lining Kugels. See, there you see, Andrew, you should be doing this one because I'm more of the whiskey guy. You know your beer. That is true. They do have the Liney's Light. They got the, what's the orange one they have? Orange shandy? No, no, it's called, uh, <laughs> Stats and research. Oh, well, they have Barry. Sunset Wheat. Oh, thanks, Joey. It's Sunset Wheat. Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss, another good one. But yes, another should-be sponsor of the Bad Medicine Podcast, Lining Kugels. I believe they sponsor the Packers too, Dave, don't they? When you're watching on Sundays? I don't watch Packer games. Oh, Only unless it's uh, for fantasy Jesus, football we got to get a polygraph and hook them up to it. It'd be fucking shaking right now. Just off. Just saying, Rogers, the greatest game time manager ever. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys would like to add? Because typically, typically, the last 30 seconds of the Bad Medicine podcast are when the vulgarities really fly. Ben took care of that. You're fucking saying fuck, suck dick, shit, come come dumpster, because he was called a dumpster. See, I I hardly even hear it when he he talks. It's just like I'm just so used to hearing (laughs) it. It just flies right by. Did he he swear there? I don't don't know if he did. I don't think so. But uh, I still say fuck sidewalks. I don't know why we have them. Fuck roundabouts or learn how to fucking drive Ooh. them. It's not that hard. Soon to be on the Bad Medicine social media is the first video of how to drive. And we're going to pick different subjects. Maybe how to drive in the left lane compared to the right lane when you're on a highway. Or maybe when you have a one-second gap around a roundabout and you're sitting there and you can still take it, but you don't because you're an idiot because you don't pay attention. Or the fact that the green light is green and you still sit there, and you're waiting for traffic to still go, but uh, we, we're going to have so many videos. Well, well, did you know that even though the speed limit is 70, you should only go 68 in the left lane? So you can't do 70. <laughs> and then you're riding their bumper, and then they get all mad. Yep. It's t- and then they wonder why they see a bunch of cars just zooming right past uh, them. Goddamn fibs. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad my commute to the Bad Medicine Studios is only 2.7 miles because I do not have to deal with I'm telling you, the Thanos ass. snap may need to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
Take us home. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Answer, take us home. Well, again, thanks to our guest, Ben McCoy. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, don't Uh thank him. Oh. (laughs) Don't thank him. Okay. Hey, hey, Quinn and the answer would like to thank McCoy as Diamond Dave stews in his corner. So for Mason Quinn and the answer, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And Dave's going to be busy pouting in the corner. Thank you once again. We will see you next time. Good night. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB, and you're listening to the Bad Medicine Podcast. Boom!